0: This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management, with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl.
1: Did you know that we're officially back in a buyer's market? That's right, even though interest rates continue to rise, they are causing prices to fall. So there's finally room for you to do regular real estate investor things that we couldn't do for so long, like gasp, negotiate, make lower offers, ask for sellers to cover some of your closing costs. So it's a really great time to buy in terms of being able to get a lower purchase price and being able to negotiate. So if you're looking for your first or next short-term rental, It's a perfect time to reach out to us at The Short-Term Shop. Let our team of agents in any of our true vacation market destinations help you find the perfect investment. Jump on over to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected to get started. We are brokered by eXp Realty. See you all over there.
0: There he is. There you are. I found you. You look great. Let me soak it in, looking good, looking good. Uh, Mr. who uh, let me give you a little quick introduction and then I'll allow you to introduce yourself, uh, allow you, but uh, first of all, you're from Mississippi. Uh, not originally, I don't think, but you have a massive Mississippi connection, which is, uh, I never dreamed being a, a guy living from, from Nebraska that lived, moved to New York City and lived there for a really long time, uh, that I would end up having so many of these Mississippi folks in my life. Uh, but I do, and I, I've loved every single one that I've ever met, every person from Mississippi. I have a house in Mississippi. My wife is from there. Um, and uh, uh, just a fantastic dude in general, although you're living these days in the great state of Georgia. Um, so without further ado, Mr. Yock, uh, please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I appreciate the, uh, the intro there, Luke. You're too kind. And, yeah, for sure, being from Mississippi um... – I guess it's a blessing and a curse. You know what I mean? And you're originally from Nebraska, right? So you kind of, you know, you grow up and you, and you see some stuff, you know, hard life. You're kind of accustomed to different things that other people don't see. And, you know, steel sharp and steel, you know. And uh, for sure, I'm, uh, you know, proud to say that I've, you know, spent most of my life in Mississippi, but now I've been in Georgia a long time. And this is kind of, uh, I feel like my place to be.
0: And uh, and you've been in real estate uh, in some capacity for much of your adult life, uh, correct? Uh, how did that career begin, and, and where are you
1: now? Man, it's it's kind of been all over the place, to be honest with you. I mean, even in one of my previous jobs, you know, we were constantly looking at properties for recreational use and things like that. And at that point in time, quite frankly, I was just working in video production and things like that. But you know, uh, you know, working for some some uh, television networks. And you get, you know, around the the trading and selling and buying of land. So I've been around that originally, big ranch style properties, if you will. And then I started doing some other work, some advertising, working for some social media companies. And I had a bunch of people coming to me wanting to run real estate ads. And, you know, eventually they would come back to me, giving me more money and more money to run these ads for them. And eventually I said, you know, I'm no dummy. And I said, maybe I'm doing something wrong here. Maybe I should run these ads for myself. You know what I mean? So I went ahead and I just got me a real estate license and, and, and went from there. So that's, that's quite frankly, the long and the short. And the way I got involved with the short term shop, Luke, as you know, um, I, uh, just happened to be good buddies with your, your father-in-law. Yeah. Great man. So, <laughs> he's uh, a great
0: man. He is. He's, I look up to him, uh, big time, you know, he's a great dude, but, um, but yeah, so you know, just full disclosure, you you sell you sell houses for the shop. You're a full time real estate agent, and that's how I know you. You came through our, uh, I mean, I think Avery probably was aware of you at least a uh, previous to that because of the Mississippi connection. Of course, Avery's sure. dad, I mean, he knows every every human being on the planet, you know, uh, and you happen to be one of them, and and uh, and it worked out, and and you're selling houses these days in, in North Georgia. So tell us about that for uh, a little bit.
1: Yeah. So kind of the ground zero for the, the STR market in North Georgia is would be Blue Ridge. You know, that kind of is my market. Um, you know, there are some little surrounding towns, much like, you know, all these kind of markets have, you know, these little satellite towns around them, whether it's LJ would kind of be the bigger town around Blue Ridge, but Mineral Bluff, uh, Morganton, Cherry Log, of course, uh, places like that are all places that we service. And, um, you know, it's a it's a very interesting place for, you know, I I love it because it still feels like small time, you know, small town America, you know, very classic Americana that I think some of us, you know, that are here all the time, we become callous to it. You know what I mean? Like if you live at the beach the whole time, you know, if you're on 38 all time, you don't appreciate it as much as a lot of other people do, you know, and people come up from, from Metro Atlanta, we're about two hours away. And I have clients say, you know, they come up and and there'll be a cabin looking at houses and it'll be on 0.75 acres. Okay. And they'll be like, man, this feels remote. And I'm like, I grew up on 45 acres. (laughs) You know, when I grew up in the Mississippi Delta, we had 45 acres was my backyard. And, Again, I'm just I'm looking around, but, you know, it's all about perspective. You know, these you've got people that that come from Metro Atlanta and and live their whole lives in 800 square foot condos, you know, on the 35th floor and in three quarters of an acre feels like forever for them. So it's kind of awesome to introduce people to that
0: is there uh a, a particular name of several areas in, the, in several the uh, sections of the area uh are there are there certain areas that are, are more short-term friendly or uh they're all pretty friendly uh, or are, am i just going in there and kind of picking the one that i like the most or how does that work
1: yeah it, it so far short-term friendliness and and i i don't want to get into civics 101 here but Fannin county and gilmer county when you get out of the city limits, there's really no restrictions, just buy the license and, and go, you know, it's 250 bucks and it's only been 250 bucks in Fannin County for one year. I mean, until now it's been 25 bucks a year for that. And I think everybody at city hall and the tax assessors were scratching their head saying, how can we make an extra buck? And the guy that said, let's raise the prices on, on, on this probably got a raise, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's really it. You're out in the County. You, you do have to kind of, you know, deal just like anywhere else on the, on this planet, whether it's, you know, whether it's Blue Ridge or, you know, or, or 30 a, you, you may have some HOA regulations that you have to deal with, but 98% of the, the communities here don't really have any, any restrictions whatsoever. Just be communal, be nice, take care of your place and everything's good.
0: So when I'm shopping around in these areas, uh, well, well, I guess how much uh, how many square miles are we talking here? How big of an area?
1: Great. That's another great question. I I, I tell people, let's keep it simple. Um, look at the center mass of Blue Ridge. It, it's roughly the McDonald's there. I tell people drop a pin there. And if you can be within 15 driving minutes from that, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Twenty in some instances, you know, if it's an easy 20 minute drive, you know, a 20 minute drive through the mountains. You know, on the, on a little winding dirt road feels a lot different than just 20 minutes getting on the, getting on the highway and shooting into town. So um, I tell people, you know, try to keep it around 15 driving minutes in just about any direction. There are some areas, Double Knob, Cassius Valley and that, that, you know, I, let's just be honest. I, I wouldn't call them four by four required, but I would fo- call them four by four recommended depending on. And you know this, Luke, you spend a lot of times in the mountains. You know, on some of these little gravel roads, not with a certain amount of steepness, but you do need to have a little bit of practice on, you know, going up, you know, even a slight incline, you you know, imagine this, you got four kids, and you're in your Toyota minivan, and it's, you know, loaded to the hill, you got your, um your turtle shell on top of it, with another 250 pounds worth of stuff, and you're trying to pull up a gravel road uh, that has a, a slight incline, it can be a little challenge. And so, kind of, you know, I tell people there's not many places around that are four by four required, but there are some that I would say four by four recommended. But right. I've gone everywhere in a Ford Fusion. So, is that what you drive on a daily basis? I can't see. No, that. It, it was what I drove, and it oh. was just a, a hybrid Ford Fusion sedan, and I've been able to get just about anywhere, assuming you know it wasn't muddy or or slick, you know, with ice. What
0: are you driving right now?
1: Uh, a Subaru. Oh, really? I figured I, I fancied you a pickup guy. You know, I have been I've been everything. I I've, I've driven Toyota pickup trucks to Acura sedans. <laughs> um, I'm just all over the map, man, you know. Are we talking a station wagon here with this Subaru or No, I got the Forester. I bought me the Wilderness edition. I, I originally had the <laughs> um I had the the what, what's the one everybody has? The Outback. Oh, outback car. Yeah. You know, it's a little more highway oriented, but I wanted to get the shorter one for one reason. It's a lot easier to go through a switchback with a shorter wheelbase. Mm-hmm. And to me, that little Subaru Forester, man, you can <laughs> I can get out of any parking lot. You know, and, and you know when I say parking lot on some of these cabins, yeah, um, that's a little tongue in cheek because it may right. just be a, you know, a dirt patch that's. You know, nine foot wide, and you got to do your best to kind of Austin powers your way out of yeah, it.
0: Yeah, when you're backing up, and if you go three inches too far, you're down the
1: cliff. That's it. Well, <laughs> I don't want to put it that way, but maybe. Yeah, yeah,
0: but that's the beauty of it. I mean, I was the same way. The Wilderness Edition. Uh, when, I, when we first started going out to the Smokies all the time, you know, Avery moved me down to Tennessee from New York City, and uh, I didn't have much experience. Grew up going to Wyoming all the time when I was a little kid, but I was too young. I wasn't driving or anything um and uh and yeah there were several roads where i was like nope not doing this and i mean there was one where there was one where i threw it in park and i got out and i said avery i'm leaving this truck here and i am going i'm walking down this hill and i'm gonna go buy another truck i'm done with this i'm not going up right. uh, any i'm not doing anything on this road ever again and i ended up buying that house uh that was way at the top of that hill um and she talked me she talked me into going up there and Bought that house and it's crushed it ever since. Uh, I actually just got new pictures back on that one this morning and uh, couldn't could not get over uh, just how far it's come and how far I've come and uh, and what a beautiful what a beautiful home it is. Of course, you know, when you get up those hills, as you know, there's there's a benefit of that. Uh, that's where the that's
1: where the views are. That's it, man. I I tell everybody, you know, it. I I don't think you have to be a geologist or a physicist or anything like that to figure out if you want that long range view, you got to go to the top of the mountain. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no shortcut. I, I haven't seen a mountain with an elevator on it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but uh, you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, I want an easy drive in a, in a, in a long range view. And I'm like, man, sometimes those paths don't cross, mm-hmm. you know, th- those, those can be mutually exclusive. Um, And in the cases where it's an easy drive to the long range view, uh, break out the, break out your checkbook. You know right. what I mean? Oh, that's yeah. what everybody wants.
0: Oh, big time. Yeah, that's gonna cost you. If you want if you want an easy road with a big driveway and a killer like panoramic or half panoramic, man, you're talking right. huge yeah. money. Um, I do have one my main Smoky Mountain house on the on the other side of the hill from you, obviously, in Tennessee. Uh, it's it's in the lowlands, it's in the flatlands. Um, real easy to get to. I, I get the motorhome up to it, no problem. A big driveway, and it does have some views, but um, it's not, you know, one of these go up the mountain views, you know, I mean, it's, it's a whole different thing down there where, yes, I can see a mountain over here and I can see a mountain over here. I can see a mountain behind me, but I I can also see like 48 houses between me and the mountain, you know? Right. Uh, so to climb, uh, what is it? Uh, to see the world, you must climb the mountain, right? That's, uh, that's
1: it. And, and yeah. you know what? I tell a lot of these people, you know, some of these drives, you know, look, what's I, I tell everybody when they ask me what's the drive like, I try to be as honest with them as possible. But my level of comfort on some of these roads can be totally different than somebody else's. So it's it's a little bit subjective. And I, I tell everybody like, hey, I'm used to going up and down these roads. Like I, I can do this thing in reverse blindfolded, whereas somebody shows up in their Honda Civic. It may be, a, you know, a little intimidating for them. So um, but I also let people know. A lot of these people, like we said, that are coming from Metro Atlanta, you know, part of it, it's part of the experience, right? I mean, it's part of the adventure. It's part of the journey. And I'm not saying a drive where, you know, you have to, you know, get out of the the, the truck and lock the hubs in. But, you know, something that has a little bit of dirt, a little bit of off-road a lot of people love that because it gives them the feeling that they're doing something special, that they're going somewhere special. So I tell people, don't don't discredit that, like play that up, because a lot of people do think that's a pretty cool thing. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Listen, Mountain Life, you're making me miss it big time. I'm I'm headed that way. April. Come April. First of April, I'm uh, going to go visit my cabins. I, hell, I got two or three of my cabins I haven't seen in like three years. Um, not with my own eyeballs anyway, and uh, I just miss them. And so I'm going to get up. I'm going to go. I, I blocked block one day for all five of my cabins in the Smokies on the east side, uh, you know, on Tennessee, uh, west side of the, of the hill there, east Tennessee. And um, I'm going up. Um uh on a taking whole family uh it was gonna be just me and then avery said you know what i'm coming we're coming i want to bring hey, the yeah. kids so i'm like that's great let's do it so i'm gonna inspect i'm gonna take the kids with me i think to go inspect i'm gonna go visit the um uh visit a deer that i got hanging on the wall uh uh that uh avery's dad was I'm sure to... doc
1: didn't have anything to do oh with yeah that, right? if, uh,
0: he uh he definitely had party to that and uh and also uh and then and then we're gonna hike. We're going to do a big hike, me and a couple of knucklehead buddies. You're welcome to come over to the other side if you want to. And uh, uh, we're going to get together and do an all-day hike, you know, uh, one of those ones where it's uh, it's like, you know, five hours to go uh, six miles, you know, because it's so right. uh, steep. Uh, right, right. But then when you get up there, it's like, man, this is uh, – there's another quote. It's very similar to the other one I said, but climb the mountain, not so – the world can see you, but so that you can see the world. Um, I have no idea where I heard we, that, but it stuck in my head. I use that on my guests when they complain about my steep roads.
1: <laughs> well, you know so, you know what they say about us hillbillies up here now. Eventually, if you're up here long enough, you get one leg longer than the other. It helps you kind of get up the mountain a little easier. You know?
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. So today we're here to talk about the economy. I know you have some great uh, perspective on the subject, and uh, I'm certainly no expert on it. Um, I do... I'll be honest. The extent of my current events, uh, is not what it should be. I, I, I'm first of all, primarily in real estate only. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, I don't watch the news, uh, which I should, I suppose, but it makes me stressed out. Uh, and then, uh, and I check the stocks. That's about it. I'll check the stock ticker at least once a day and see what's going on. And, uh, um, uh, but I do have opinions based on, you know, uh, on the purchasing of properties, which I do on a regular basis. So basically I wanted to see, you know, we, we had a good conversation about this other day. So I wanted to get it on wax and, and, and talk a little bit more about it. Where, where, where are we on the state of the economy today? In your opinion?
1: Well, again, and I'll preface this just like you did. I, I you know, I, I don't fancy myself an economist, nor do I have a de- degree in it, but you and I are around a lot of people and we see a lot of money move. And on a day to day basis, so you kind of you can't help but seem to think to have some of you know, you, you tend to have opinions on it, of what you see. And I'm like you, I don't I don't stay glued to the news, quite frankly, um, if it's not, you know, a football game being played on TV. I'm not watching it. But um, we, we are kind of an interesting time here. Uh, you know, inflation's definitely here. You feel it. You know, it's the simple things. It's the cliched things. It's when you go to buy eggs. They're, you know, $6 a dozen instead of what they used to be. Or when you buy milk, it's, you know, 2 or $3 you, than you think it was. Um, today, or was it yesterday, I went to the grocery store and I bought a pack of bacon, Luke. And I remember a pack of bacon looked like my whole life was kind of one standard size. And I got it the other day and they were like this long. And I cooked it up and they fit on a piece of sliced bread. You know, I mean, just barely hanging off the edge and 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 it costs just as much as the, you know, a full size piece of bacon. And I'm thinking, to myself, man, what's going on here? But with that being said, you still <laughs> see people spending the money. Right. Like, so what's going on? Like prices are up. But. And and look, I, I don't know how to necessarily word this, but, you know, I run in a pretty blue collar circle here. I You know, I don't you know, I don't have a a yacht, in the, you know, at the marina, I, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't need a lot of things to make me happy, you know uh outside of you know as long as my wife's happy, I'm happy and 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 the and the kids are healthy and they're eating their food that's really all I need um but with that being said, you know you see these prices going up on just about everything, but people don't really seem to have slowed down I mean, do you feel the same way absolutely um
0: i was uh, I was walking one of my long terms the other day and uh it was an eviction. Um, this is a house that uh, they don't—they hadn't even lived in there in a year, and it was completely rehabbed right before they moved in. Nice looking house. Um, I mean, head to toe, man. I did everything in that thing: floors, uh, countertops, did butcher block, painted it, uh, new roof, new HVAC, whole nine yards. It looked great. And uh, these folks, you know, it didn't work out. Um, didn't work out. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. And they—they they weren't in there. They weren't in there a year. I think it was maybe nine months um and uh and they they got evicted um uh well they bailed they bailed once the paperwork got filed which is usually what happens right and so i walked it i went and walked it um and uh and i opened the fridge and there was two dozen eggs in there and i was like well hell they could have paid a month's rent with those two dozen eggs you know that's right um and so uh you know things are expensive and and i think that is uh the 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 perspective of the entire nation is it's going to take some time I think to to kind of catch up to this because uh you, you know you go to Subway when when we were younger um I think we're about the same age you might be a little younger than me but uh, five dollar we foot long exactly five dollar foot long. What happened to that dude? You go to Subway now; it's eighteen dollars, right, for like a, a Subway and a, a chip and a drink, and it's like, man, uh, am I just getting old? Uh, but the
1: times they are changing. It, it is, and it, and it's in everything. And I don't, you know, it, you know, my understanding again, not being the economist, is they printed a lot of money, yeah. you know, in the past four to six years. And I, you know, I'm not going to name, how much names is it? The last
0: then, figure I heard was like 14 trillion. I'm sure it's probably more than that at this point in
1: the last two, well, three years, you know, you definitely see it. It's like, okay, all this money's here, inflation's here, but you know, and I'm sure there's people look all the time. There's people on hard times, right. Um, you know, people where, you know, there's a lot of people where the, you know, $4 gasoline, the $6 eggs and the, you know, the, the, whatever it is, a seven dollar toilet paper is is really, you know, breaking their back, you know, and and that sucks. Um, But for I feel like a lot of kind of middle America, it, it, it maybe hasn't had that impact, but it's still here. And like I was reading the other day online, it's like, you know, minimum wage is going up, you know, and I know that's a hot topic deal. And when you're paying somebody 20 bucks, God bless, you know, I'm I'm glad you're getting it, but we have to understand when you're paying somebody 20, 25 bucks to stock a shelf, that will have an impact, right? I mean, there's there's no other way to do that, though. I, I think everybody assumes that, you know, this the the Jeff Bezos up top is willing to take a pay cut. Um a lot of times that's just not the case. You know what I mean? But um I I do feel like it's Uh, what's the word? I feel like we we need to kind of find some stasis here, find some equilibrium in this country with the economy. And I would just love, Luke, if things just settle down. Give me six months of interest rates not changing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's been this past, you know, since COVID, before COVID, everything's been so dynamic. And I don't know if that's The new world we live in, you know, the digital world, I'm sure that has an impact on it. But I don't think people are able to get used to anything anymore. You know what I mean? Like, as as soon as you become, I I kind of akin the economy a little bit to my phone. You know, as soon as I get kind of accustomed to something, well, shit, man, here comes another update. You know what I mean? I got to learn the thing all over again. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's
0: perception, you know, and and really in the grand scheme of things, uh, people are just not that smart. I mean, I learned that with my guests, you know, Uh, especially when they're on on vacation. What I'm getting out of here is God bless them. I love my guests. I love people in general. But uh, people, you know, especially when they're out of their element, they just don't know what the hell's going on. And I think everybody's out of their element right now. You know, you go to the grocery store and it's like three times as much as it used to be. And you're like, oh, my God. I can't afford this but isn't it i mean is it the truth is is possibly that it's the exact same amount as it was two years ago it's just a different number it's a different it's just got a different context really is all it is um and 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 i agree with the interest rates you know that's a hot hot button topic especially in our world we deal with real estate all day every day and i'm buying real real estate all the time and and the numbers have been affected majorly you know i got to run numbers on a house that i was buying two years ago a year ago um, let's say it's a single family long-term rental for 150 grand and and i was at four percent interest well now <coughs> excuse me i'm at eight percent interest and my cash flow has gone down big time and not only that but um but let's let's say look i did the math on this it's, i think it was eight to ten percent difference right so um if if i let's let's say i bought a house um five years ago with a commercial mortgage at four uh, percent on a 20-year note um, a 5% fixed, a five-year five, five year fixed on 20-year AM, right? And then five years goes by. Let's say today's five years. I bought it f- four, five years ago, 4%. Uh, so I've paid down one quarter of the loan at this point um, because it was a 20-year note, five years. And I'm going to refi or you know, redo my loan, whatever you want to call that. And the bank says, cool, we can do another five years on, on the, the remaining debt, which is 75% of what it was to begin with. And, uh, uh, but your interest rates 8%. So now my monthly payment, even though I paid down a quarter of that loan in five years, my monthly payment is 8% to nine, nine, eight, 9% higher than it was when I had the full hundred percent loan amount and the 4% interest. Now is this. Am I sitting here saying, oh my God, this stinks. I'm never going to buy a house again. No, what I'm doing is I'm sitting here saying, okay, the shit's changed. <laughs> um, And I, I need to get out there and, if, and and figure out how I can tweak things, how I can uh make the numbers work a little differently. Is it that I have to wait for the sellers to get more realistic? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. But I think if you're sitting around waiting for that, you're never going to close anything if I'm not closing anything, I'm not, I'm not doing my job. You know, I mean, Avery's going to be there like, dude, um, when's the last time you bought a house? You know, cause if we're not growing, we're dying. We're like fruit, you know, we're just like an orange. If that, if that thing ain't on the vine growing and ripening and looking beautiful, then it needs to be eaten. And if I'm not growing as a human, I'm going to get eaten alive, you know? So I've, I've, I've just been out there finding ways to adapt and adjust, you know, it's like you're a quarterback. And you're out. You're on the line, and, and they're about to hike that ball. And you see this big giant dude. Uh, of course, I'm a Cornhusker, and you got some dude from Mississippi State. We don't play each other, but uh, I don't even know if you're a state fan. But oh, um, you know, you got to call an audible. It's time to call an audible because that dude's about to come and crush you. And you can you can keep doing the the same play you were going to do before and get crushed and break a leg. Get have him have, have this 400 pound dude rip your head off, or you can call an audible and get first down. You know, um, and so, and, and I think that people are just having trouble adjusting. I, I'm, I'm definitely having trouble adjusting, but I'm doing the best I can, making little tweaks here and there. If you wanna buy a short-term rental in one of the best vacation markets in America, you're looking for the Short-Term Shop. They are the experts in the vacation rental space. Their team of realtors are fantastic. And if you use the Short-Term Shop to buy your home, You'll have access to free classes with me to teach you how to get your property up and running. Join us at the theshorttermshop.com,
1: brokered by EXP. And you know, here, here's the kind of the the reality. And, and back me up if you think the same. Is the volatility and variability, the variability in real estate? It's what gives us a chance, right? It's just like the stock market. If this thing was, if there was everything was just a constant, you and I wouldn't have a chance to buy these homes because Wall Street would be buying them before we even, you know, could sniff them. You know, if it was a guaranteed lock, 100%, you know, sure enough deal, you know, nobody's buying, you know, I'm going to make up a, a name here, but let's just say Google. Okay. Google's a great stock to own. But there are times when it's not the best time to buy Google. You know what I mean? No different than real estate. So, you know, I understand people's trepidations and, and the intimidation that it, there is in buying real estate. But if we didn't have the this tide going up and down, people like you and I and all of our clients, we could never get in this game. You know what I mean? If it was just a guaranteed 100%, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to make 20% cash on cash every year. The value of your property is going to go up 5% every year. If it was a given dude, we wouldn't be in this game, man. It would be too rich for our blood.
0: 100%. And you hear the word when, when we get, when you get on this subject, you hear the word risk. Uh, right. Well, that's, that's, a that's, a you know, especially when you're sitting at the dinner table with your family and the, you know, the greater, greater population doesn't really understand like my, like my folks, you know. Uh God bless them. They're amazing. Uh, but they do not understand buying a house and making money with it, you know, cuz uh it, you know, we're talking uh we're talking boomers here that uh you know, my, my grandfather went to World War II and my dad went to Vietnam and and they didn't have money to go buy a house that they weren't living in, which you and I know. Uh well, as people that are in real estate, we know that it's probably smarter to buy the house that you're not living in uh, and rent the house that you are living in <laughs> so that you can make some dough off the one you're not living in and, and gain that equity, et cetera. But uh, you know, um, I, I'm not, I can't go to the dinner table and say, Hey, I, I bought this house and I'm going to rent it out. Cause the, the, they just, it, it blows their mind. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and so I don't even remember what the hell my point was, but
1: uh, well, no, but look, y- you're, you're absolutely right. And I, When I first got into this, working with you guys, I can remember talking to, you know, older generation, you know, people in their 60s, 70s, and even their 80s that own these cabins in Blue Ridge. And they honestly thought like, and they would turn it over to a rental management company because Mm -hmm. look, until you and Avery kind of cracked the ice and, and, and made this thing what it is. There wasn't a lot of self managers, at least not in my area up here. You know, everybody it was you know give it to rental management A, B, or C, figure one out. You know, whoever, look, whichever rental management company employee was at your church is who had your 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 listing. And it's still like that.
0: It's still like that for ninety percent of of homeowners.
1: But my point being is, what's so crazy is there's people that that have these you know a second home, a cabin, or whatever it is in Blue Ridge. And uh, especially the older you get, I think this mindset is still there, is if they're able to make a dollar more than the mortgage payment, I've had people feel like guilty, like they're stealing money from people. Like they're <laughs> they're doing something illegal, hmm. you know, and, and it's kind of crazy. It kind of goes into what you're saying, like people don't understand this, you know leverage and, and and you know, buying a property just to rent it. And, you know, you even have some people, I've got people, I, friends I went to college with, they don't feel like they make money on a property until it's paid for, then they only make money, right? Yeah. You know, if it costs $100,000, they're collecting mortgage, and then they don't really make money until it's paid off. I'm like, man, that's not, that's not how this works.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Leverage, Kiyosaki, not Ramsey, Kiyosaki. Yeah, but, you know, back to the interest rate thing. I, I do feel like we're there. You know, they just lowered it, uh, or they raised it lower. They lowered how much they raised it. Um, right, one quarter uh, of a of a percentage uh, last week or whatever that was, and uh, and it was you know it was for three quarters of a percentage there every chance they got for quite a while. And I mean, who what am I going to do? I'm not here. I don't know how to run this country. You know, I'm. A, but uh, but I do know that um, the bottom hasn't. You know, things could be a lot worse is what I'm getting at, you know, I mean, with, with what happened with the amount of money we had before, and now the amount of money, the paper money, you know, again, 14, $15 trillion that didn't used to exist. Um, things could have gotten, things could be a lot worse, uh, you know, and, and, and how, how am I to know if that's how they should have handled it or not? I mean, you got to remember two years ago, three years ago, now we were all living in our homes in fear, Like, Oh my God, can I ever leave my house again? Nobody was working. I remember my, my housekeeper, you know, I, I, we had a housekeeper once a week and she couldn't come over because we weren't allowed to be around people. And we had a newborn and, um, and so I was paying her anyway. And uh, honestly, that's kind of exactly what the government did. They started paying people anyway. And, and now I think, they're doing their damnedest to, to try and catch up. And again, I'm not here to, I don't in any way want to turn this into a political uh, conversation, but uh, I do look at the stock market. I'm looking at it right now. And yes, it has been, you know, v- way more wavy than normal in the past year or so. But uh, I mean, t- in my opinion, it's, it's, it's hanging in there. Things could be a whole lot worse.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I I know there's people that are getting crushed. Um, It sucks. And there's a lot of people that kind of came out of this, you know, on top of the game. You know what I mean? In better condition than they went in. And it's kind of hard to figure that out. But in life, you're always zigging and zagging and trying to figure out, you know, uh, I I tell everybody you want to be kind of like water and run downhill and find the easiest, slickest way to get down the path and, and get to get to the finish line. Um, I think that's all what we what we all want, you know. And and taking on some of these risks, and if there weren't risk involved, and you know, if if the risks weren't there, again, it would push regular dudes like me and you out of the picture. You know what I mean? That, yeah, and here is the thing.
0: Here's, here's another thing. Let's talk rents. So this is this is something that's been brought to my attention a lot lately. Uh, you want to talk about interest rates being high, mortgage rates being high, and uh, pr- purchase prices being high. But man, these rents, it's all, it seems like it's working. It seems like whatever the hell these people that are a lot smarter or, or at least definitely a lot more in control than I am. Because man, I, for here's for instance, I got a two bedroom in the Smokies, um, the one that's got that deer hanging in it. And mm-hmm. uh I've had that. It's the second longest running Airbnb in the Smokies. The first of which I also own, and because Avery and I were early adopters, and uh, and I, I mean I've been on Airbnb. My profile says 2012, and and it really didn't become a thing for, uh, until about 2011. From you know it was a company in 2007, but it got put on the map in 2011. Now of course Verbo has been around a million years. I'm not trying to say I invented any of this stuff, right? But Um, anyway, long story long, uh, yesterday I got a booking on this, this little house and it was $250 a night. And, uh, I was, I, I texted Avery, you know, and this is not something she, she, you know, uh, we don't really, she doesn't, she stays out of my business. She's got her business. I got my business. And, and, but this, I was like, Avery step back and think about what I'm about to tell you. I just got $250 a night at, at Misty is the name of the, uh, like the Led Zeppelin song and uh and, and it was in june you know that was another factor there right look we're gonna, now i'm gonna dabble in pricing here a little bit but june booking for 250 a night and in my brain the first thing of course the first thing instant instantly which is the right thing is that my price is too low how in the hell am i getting a june this is february why am i getting a june booking in february on a two-bedroom right now now on a bigger house big giant house maybe Maybe you got your prices right. Okay, maybe I'll take something that far out and be okay with it. But this is a tiny little house. It's only so really only one real bedroom. It's got a second loft and that's uh, thirteen hundred square feet and uh, two bathrooms. And, and 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 so I'm like my price is too low. So I went and looked. I'm like, damn, it was like twelve hundred dollars or something. So I was like, I got to go see how many nights this was. And it was like, I don't know. The math worked out to two hundred fifty dollars a night, R- rent only. I'm talking no fees, no bull, none of that, no cleaning fees, no taxes. Nightly rent uh, was $250 a night. And, and I'm like, Avery, you got to look at this. This is just blowing my mind. Um, and and uh, back in the day, when I first bought that house, not even, it was like probably a year or two into it, uh, I was hoping and praying to get $199 a night at Christmas, Christmas, right. the most expensive week of the year, you know on par with fourth of july maybe but uh, but really for all purposes uh the highest price night of the year now you know this was only maybe five six years ago and now i'm i'm dropping 250 when i didn't even want it i'm like dude the only reason i'm getting booked in june right now is because my prices were too freaking low right and then i I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine um with a running buddy of mine who owns a cabin in the smokies Uh, yesterday morning we went running. And I told him, I was like, dude, my little two bedroom got 250 in June. He goes, he looked at me. He was like, cause he's newer, right? He's only had his right. cabin for like a year. And he's looking at me like I'm some old dude that doesn't know how to rent his house because my rents are too low. And I'm like, man, you know, it's perspective. I still have that not $199 Christmas somewhere rolling around in my head. Right. And, and, and I still, I still accumulate that. I still associate that with success. And now I get 250 in a Tuesday in June, four months out or whatever it is, five months out. And uh, and I'm like, it's blowing my mind a little bit. So it's time for me to raise the prices of my eggs.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I I can totally see where you're coming from on that, where, you know, some of these rates, they're going up and, you know, especially cleaning cost and everything. And, you know, we've got, you know, we all have got great, um you know cleaners that kind of help us you know I I tell everybody and you can probably vouch a little bit on this um as a as a host you know when you own these cabins you're, you're kind of just a financier right you're you're just you're kind of behind the curtain the people really running it so to speak I mean yeah we're hitting butt- buttons on an app and logging in and cashing checks but you know you're cleaning lady or, or, or person and you're you know you're your handy person and and all them I mean they're you know they're the ones turning the screws and and kind of getting it done and you know are a valid part of you know this whole deal but um it's it's so interesting to me the how much all of this has grown in such a short period of time i mean luke let's talk about this this is 2023 here think about what you're paying your cabin cleaner your, today what were you paying them in 19? Yeah. Has it doubled? Um, Yeah, it's definitely doubled. It's definitely doubled. And good for them. You know what? If there's people we create, you know, if you're able to kind of create this, you know, this business model where it's taking care of a lot of people, it's awesome. But I think it also kind of goes into, you know, how much money, you know, to take this back into the economy, how much money is floating out there that's just getting thrown out every place, you know, and, we want to do a lot of hand wringing about inflation, but we also got to understand that it's it's in some of these instances it's given people a better life, um, you know. And I don't know if that's the humanitarian in me or what that that says that you know I probably get crushed by an economist or you know a hardcore you know capitalist. I I, I kind of find myself to be kind of in the middle of every you know, thing there is out there. But do you kind of agree with me that there is kind of a yin and a yang to all this?
0: Yes. Um, and, and further on the uh, the housekeeper thing, um, God bless them, first of all. And when Avery and I first started, it was unheard of. You know, we we would call around uh, to, you know, I don't even know how we were finding these folks, honestly. It was mostly enemy method, um, asking our neighbors, hey, you got a cleaner? That's how I hired my first probably three or four cleaners. And, uh, and you call around and they're, and they're turned off by the fact that you just, you know, you own the house there. It's, it's too, it was too risky for them. It was like, well, what happens if, uh, you know, this and that, I take you on because they were all working for the property management companies back then. And, Mm uh, and, and and so they had a cushy gig. They probably had a car, you know, a truck, a company car that they could take home and leave in the driveway. And, uh, uh, and and the company was paying for gas. They weren't getting paid much, but it was a little more stable, I guess you could say. And then, and then along came this Airbnb and, uh, and, and fast forward five, six, seven years. And, uh, and now it's the norm, you know, not, not for everybody, but you know, it's, again, it's still in most, most vacation towns, it's probably, you know, 80, 90% is the, the, the statistic I recently heard uh, property managed. Right. Uh, and and I, where I even mentioned 38 a couple of times, that's where I live. I'm here now. I live in one of these vacation towns. You live in one of these vacation towns. We're very, you know, uh, we're connected to com- to, com- to the community. I'm raising my kids in a vacation town, which is not normal. Uh, there are very, very few kids being raised in my little area. There's only 8,000 people that live here, you know? Um, but, uh, anyway, so now you call up and looking for a housekeeper, they're excited. They're like, Oh, sweet. Uh, I don't have to work for that stupid property manager anymore, right. but, th- but they are still going out on a limb. They don't know if you're going to be any good at it. And especially if you're brand new, um, so you gotta be careful with that. Um, but, but yeah, you know, we're creating jobs and it's a wonderful thing. And, and, uh, and, and again, we didn't invent Airbnb, invent Verbo, uh, but they've they've given away for to, to give power back to the people. And I think that that's, you know, as a rock and roller, that's a wonderful thing. And, and, and it's an interesting perspective that we have together here on this, because most guys that's sitting around talking about real estate are just like, you know, fat rich dudes and they're laughing and saying, you know, uh, I raised the rent the other day and this and that. And and because that's who can afford, quite frankly, to buy right. real estate. That's something that a lot of folks don't talk about. Don't realize is that real estate is a rich man's game. It really is. If you got it, dude,
1: I, I just sold my last property to a guy that's a fireman. You yeah. know what I mean? Like how how freaking blue collar can yeah. you get? This dude saved, you know, we had a conversation two years ago and, uh, he saved and saved and saved, man. And he's going to be the proud owner of a awesome cabin here shortly. You know,
0: and that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Power to the people, you know, because, because it, traditionally it is true, you know, you, to get one of these down payments together, uh, because this is, you know, if you're moving into an FHA, you can get a 3.5% or 5% interest, or, uh, uh, down payment. I'm sorry, not interest. 3.5% <laughs> interest. Oh man. That just made a lot of people mad with that one. But, uh, Back in the day, you could do that, but you know, three point five percent down or five percent down to move into it, you know, that's the government's way of protecting their people. But now, people are finding a way to uh, to make this happen, like you and my, you and you and I. Uh, I didn't have any money when I started, and, uh, and 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 I love seeing it go that direction. Um, but but you know, that's something a lot of people people forget about that traditionally, you know, you got to have a lot of money. Uh, because it is called investing at the end of the day. And when I first started, you know, I didn't have any money to invest. So what was I even doing in this business? But I kicked and screamed and, and made it work.
1: Can, can we, can I change the subject here yes. and talk about, since we are kind of going on interest rates and, in you know, having the conversation about money, um, you know, let's be honest here you know all this impacts the 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 big picture which is everybody's margins you know i mean that is what everybody wants to know is like you know hey if if i make x and it costs me y does does that does the delta between x and y um satiate my comfort level you know i mean ultimately that's kind of the formula that everybody's working with uh with that being said, there's a lot of people that say, man, I'm I'm just, you know, I can't, I can't make the money I once was, or what's going on, or, hey, Luke, Panama, you know, make up place here. Panama City is, is saturated. Um, what do you say to the people that aren't able to, let's just say, really make this a way of life and be successful at this? Well, all I can do is tell
0: my stories. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to sit around and try and be an expert and all in this and that. It's not my, it's not my thing, but I can tell stories from, from me being, uh, growing up, you know, son of a, uh, of a mailman and a hardworking family and, and, uh, my mom cut hair, everybody's hair, but mine obviously. But, uh, you know, so, uh, when I first started, I started, I bought my first house in 11, right? So it was like, I mean, a lot of people's eyes, it was prime time to be getting into real estate because the crash had happened. Um, We kind of recovered from it a little bit uh, to the point where you could get a loan again, but things were still cheap. But I'm here to tell you, it was not freaking easy. I probably made at least 10. At least it was definitely double digits offers before I bought my actual first investment property and a lot of that honestly was because I was green. You know, I was scared to death. Um, so you know, it uh and I think that, you know, it's a big part of it today, but now they may they may have a, a better reason to be scared uh than, than there was back then. But it used it was the same thing back then. You sit at the dinner table at Thanksgiving and you say, I've been looking by a rental house, and my uncle, I remember my uncle who's like a high level uh well, I thought high level, you know, like uh I think he was like a I think he's a CPA or something at a big company, a numbers guy. He was like, well, you got to get LLCs. You're going to get sued, you know? And I'm like, this is the most successful dude in my family telling me that I should not do this because I'm going to get sued. Uh, and, and and I was like, there's, there's gotta be a better answer out there. You know, I, and f- first thing I learned was not just stop talking about it to people that don't understand it. Cause they're, you know, what's the point? What's the point? That same thing with running. I'm a big runner. And if I get around a bunch of people that are not runners, man, I can talk about running all day, every day. But if if you if you don't run, it is the most boring, ridiculous waste of time subject on the planet. So you know when you're sitting there saying, when you're when you're, oh man, I shouldn't do this. The economy, the rates, and this and that, and this guy's telling me I shouldn't do this and that. You're you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people, is my opinion, you know. Um and am I closing a million deals? No, I'm at a different point in my career at this point. I'm I'm trying to decide do I start paying things off? But I I never would have gotten to the point where I am today, which again, I'm still small potatoes here. I'm I mean, compared to like a Grant Cardone or somebody, you know, I'm I'm just a dude with with, you know, some some doors. And uh and don't get caught up in that number of door crap, by the way. But but, you know, I am at that point in my career where I'm like, man, you know, uh, it would be nice to, to kind of slow down a little bit and maybe focus on the kids and start paying things off. And I never would have gotten – that's my point. I never would have gotten to where I am now So, oh, my God, I got this horrible decision to whether I should keep buying or not buy, uh, you know, uh, to, poor me um, if I hadn't just gone in and just bought, you know, every chance I got. Uh, every time I had that down payment, man, half the time, I don't even know where they came from. You know, I mean, dude, when I started in real estate, I had literally like $16, but next thing, you know, but you get focused, get laser focused and, and don't take no for an answer. And, 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 and the shit just, it just comes together.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I can remember buying my first property and the real estate agent told me, what do you want to do for earnest money? And I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't, I don't have earnest. What, like, what is this? What is this, You know, what, is, what is earnest money? And I was scared to death to ask my folks. So I went, I kind of did like you, I found my, you know, the guy in my family that I thought had a little more money than everybody else. And I kind of said, Hey man, can, can you give me a no interest loan here? And, and that's what I needed to make it happen. You know? So we all start in different places, but um, I I do think it's interesting now that, you know, and, and let me back up, because you make this thing sound real easy. And uh, well, that is a problem. But, but, but wait, wait, wait. I'm going to tell on you, okay? I'm, I'm going to tell a little story that a lot of people don't know about Luke Carl. And and this is about his personality. And if you want to look behind the curtain, and this is this sums up everything why you are so successful. It was a little story, and you probably don't even realize you told it to me, but it just stuck in my craw. And and I thought, you know, th- this is why this dude gets it. And it was when you told me, you know, you you kind of joked about how OCD you are. You know, you kind of said it jokingly. And behind, and behind the scenes, Avery has told me it's true. <laughs> and uh, you had mentioned something that somebody had scratched. Something, I think, or, a, or something happened on a stairwell. There was a scratch or there was a drop of paint or something on one of your properties down in 30A. And it just bugged the shit out of you so much. You drove two hours to go over there to do twenty seconds of work to fix this thing because it was just how you grew up, man. Yeah, you're, is- you're in Nebraska, and you know if your shoes still fit and there was a little tear or you you didn't throw your shoes away, you fixed it. You know if if the if the damn thing worked. But it had a little something wrong with it. You wrote it out and you took care of what you had. And what I, the where I'm going with this is I don't think a lot of hosts have that mentality that you have in the fact that you drove two hours to do 30 seconds of work because it bothered you, and you assumed it bothered a renter. Dude, that's why you're hitting home runs every time you go up to bat. It's that level of, and and pardon my French here, it's that level of give a shit that a lot of people don't have and you need to get it. I agree. Uh, I don't
0: remember that particular story, but I guarantee that did happen. And I don't like to say uh, OCD. I like to say obsessed. I think obsessed is a good thing. Fair enough. Um, and and I, I agree. If you're sitting around saying, well, I can't get this done. I can't do that. And I can't, then you don't have, you don't give a shit. You don't, I mean, because the answers are out there. You know, I found them. I found them. I'm living the best life that I could ever possibly live. And I like giving back, which is all from a book called The Go Giver. So I'm going to give my first book recommendation for the show. And I'll give my second recommendation, which I already mentioned him once. So I'm going to mention him again, Cardone. Uh, you talk about being obsessed. He's got a great book called uh, Be Obsessed or Be Average. Uh, that dude changed my life big time, so I'm gonna throw that out there. But uh, Yacht, do you have any books you read recently that uh, that you enjoyed, and or and or um, and or uh, most recent concert?
1: Man, oddly enough, uh, for me, I've read some fiction lately, which I know you're 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 against no, that. Don't
0: care about that.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> you know what is uh don't split the difference never split the difference there you go. Yeah. that that one's had that that book has had an impact on me um you know in terms of of non-fiction books self-help i'm kind of a podcast guy you know now that okay. you know you're on the road you're driving you know i want to utilize my time never split you know, the difference driving. chris boss
0: that's great he's got a new book too by the way but what podcast are we on
1: uh Man, I'm all over the place. It's it's kind of now where I'm learning kind of economics, to quite honestly, because I like to get get a sense of what's kind of coming downhill and in the traction and 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 not necessarily traction, but what are we looking at? And it's a lot of hot air, Luke. I don't want to give anybody any props on anything because some of the stuff, you know, to me, some of these economists, I feel like, are just as valid as uh, people, you know, <laughs> claiming they've seen UFOs. You know, but look, I challenge everybody and we all have our we all have our feet kind of entrenched in our political stance or religious or whatever it is. I like for people to get out of their comfort zone. Probably I would say over 50 percent of the stuff that I consume is not within my wheelhouse of what I believe in. But I want to understand other people's point of view. To me, that is absolutely critical. I think that makes you a better person. I think it makes you understanding. And you know, when when you have people, and for me, look, I'm just a country boy, man. <laughs> but when people come from Atlanta, I had a I, I'll never forget this. I went on a road trip one day and met this uh met this other guy, and I was talking to, and, and and somehow the conversation started. I was like, Yeah, da, 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 When I get back home, I'm gonna have to get on my riding lawnmower. And he was like, "What?" I was like, "My riding lawnmower." He's like, "What's that?" Like he, like this could have been alien technology to him, you know. He, 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 he just lived the life. I think this guy was from Manhattan, and he never, you know. Eh, he never had to mow grass or run a weed eater or yeah, see, you know, dude, anything like that. Where I come from, when you said riding lawnmower, I'm thinking, damn, this guy can afford one that you can That's ride right. on. You come from money. That's old money right there, Luke, <laughs> if you got a riding lawnmower. It's
0: probably green, too. This guy's loaded. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, but, you know, yeah, we, we had a riding lawnmower. I'll never forget the day. We had a push mower for the longest, that old craftsman that we got at the Ace yeah. Hardware. And then eventually we went down to the Sears and got us an, MT, uh, got us an MTD riding lawnmower. I'll never forget it. Greatest day of my life and cut my day. work down. And, you know, I was just like, we've made it. We've made yeah. the big Yeah. Thing. See, when I was a kid, we never had a lawn
0: big enough for the, you couldn't even ride on it. You know, it was always, and then when I, when, eventually Avery and I, we bought our first house in Tennessee and I was, I was, I was like, I've made it, I've made it. And my dad, God bless him. My, my housewarming gift was a, was a riding lawnmower. And, uh, and we bought it used on Craigslist back then, you know, everybody you everybody used go. Craigslist and, uh, I still I told you, Avery, yesterday. I told Avery yesterday, I go, I got to be honest. I kind of miss mowing the lawn because now we're down here in 38. There's, you know, you get sure. this much grass and it's a luxury. But, uh, All right. Uh, most recent concert, anything? Well, I know you got that tool poster
1: behind you. I know you see Yeah, seen No, that? I'm a huge tool fan. Um, I went to their last stop here, uh, which was that, um, a few years ago. I haven't been, I'll be honest with you, the last thing I'm doing. So I got a seven year old boy who is now ate up with wrestling. Mm. Okay. Okay. And, and not Greco Roman. I'm talking, you know, stone cold rock, Hulk Hogan, all the works, whatever, you know, all the newest characters. So every six months they swing through Atlanta and I'm, I'm, I'm getting drugged to the uh, state farm arena and, and I have to take him to see, Roman Reigns or who whoever's on the top of the, the food chain there. So that's what we matter of fact we went during Christmas break. So Yep,
0: yeah, no concerts for me either. I think I went to two last year because uh, you know, I'm going to Baby Shark. I've got little kids. So uh two yeah. well we're catching up to yeah, I got a four and a two, so uh, almost five and three. Baby Shark Live and I'm getting ready to take them to the monster trucks in May. That'll be a lot of fun. But uh hey, right, that's try. the one
1: thing my dad used to take me to and when I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, we would go and watch that at the Coliseum, the monster trucks, and it just doesn't I hadn't seen it. Was it Monster Jam now? Yeah. And uh hadn't been able to do it. And I, you know what? I just found out, and I'm totally going way off base here. You grow up Bigfoot. You remember Bigfoot? It was the big blue Ford yes, truck. Yeah, Bigfoot. That yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was like the – I mean, that was the Michael Jordan. I don't think right? he's around anymore, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what happened to Bigfoot. Yeah, because gravedigger's all over
0: everything. Right. Uh, actually, Gravedigger is based out of uh, Kitty Hawk, uh, you know, uh, Outer Banks. I was actually just there okay. recently. Short-term shop sells houses in Outer Banks. It's a fantastic vacation market. And I drove by. They, uh, unfortunately, they were closed. I would have loved to got a T-shirt. But, uh, um, yeah, Gravedigger. But I'm taking the kids. Uh, and then I got one called Max, which is my daughter's name. So uh, she likes that one. That's the one with That's all the spikes on it and everything. But uh, anyway. Uh, well, we have
1: to get together. There's some, there's some shows coming up. I think some um, – you know, these four-day festivals are some some heavy rock somewhere down in Florida. So we may have to get together and do that. I think it's probably Daytona.
0: Love it. Now, if I want to buy a house from you, uh, you're selling houses in, uh, in in North Georgia there. How do I get a hold of you?
1: Uh, the best way, per usual, it'd be yok Y-O-K, at theshorttermshop.com. Uh, other than that, go to our website, man. Luke, you know, Avery and, and the rest of the team spend a lot of time. We got a great website. Go on there. Sign up. Uh, they get to they get to hear more from you, you know, when they do that and, you know, get enrolled in our classes and things like that. You know, it's amazing to me the platform that you guys have created in the, you know, you guys are literally rolling up, you know, 15 years of knowledge into a couple hours a few times a week. And I tell people like, you know, they, look, there's these podcasts, there's the information, there's, they're, they're, you know, how to run your short-term rental stuff. It's all over the map. You know this is all over the place. You know you can get these tidbits on YouTube, but man, if you want to go back to what we we're saying, if you want to go to the Michael Jordan of this, man, sign Stop up. That. You know, go to the short term shot. Look, man, I, I, I've I've been that guy on the outside looking in, and I will. I have no shame in in in, in saying. Yeah. A,
0: thank you, thank you, sir. I do have a. I have a. my, my b board right here, which is a, 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 a Jim Collins uh, thing, um, and uh, is a. Uh, the good, the great, great guy. Um, my big, hairy, audacious goals, and I have a quote: "Failure is the reason for my success." Michael Jordan. So yeah. Uh,
1: That's it, man. You yeah. you got you've locked in you and Avery, and I think a lot of the people you've surrounded yourself with. We all kind of have that that killer mentality. We wanna we wanna you know turn turn these uh, small time investors into real winners and control of their life and live a lifestyle that. They probably never had the dreams that they could do.
0: Yeah, that's what it's all about freedom. It's all about freedom. All right, Yacht, thank you for your time, brother. Appreciate it. And uh, long haired Luke, cash flow Carl saying, don't overthink it. <laughs>